0: It's time to play like a Jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Here's Donald. carry it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. Of fourth and ten. And here they come. Make pass catch. It's intercepted by Mosley. Down be the to
1: top. Bell breaks tackle. Bell trying to go over. Touchdown, big return for Crowder. And he's going to go all the way. touchdown, 85 yards. Looking downfield, fires this
0: one and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He yes. got the handoff. You know what? <laughs> the QAnator. Oh my
2: gosh. Listen, thank you. Welcome to Play Like a Jet, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seat Studios. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And I've got a very special guest on the line. It's funny because having done local radio myself for a while, I know how hard it is to do a local radio show, especially a sports talk show. ...and make it interesting on a daily basis for a couple of hours. It's a tough thing to do because you have to find a way to keep it local... ...and talk about the teams that are in the area, but also work in the national stories. Plus, on top of it, you have to find a way to have interesting angles... ...and not do the same exact thing that everybody else is doing. And my guest is actually really good at doing that. He hosts the Midday Show over at Rip City Radio, 620 AM in Portland. Also simulcast on television... NBC Sports Northwest. Mr. Brian, no, what's going on, Brian? Not much. How you doing, man? Doing great. Glad to have you on the show. And the reason I wanted to bring you on, a lot of people would say, why are you bringing on somebody that hosts a show in Portland? Mm-hmm. Is because you showed a different perspective towards the Jets from the outside when you were talking about the Portland Trailblazers, and it was an interesting theory that caught my ear. So I wanted you to talk about this theory that you have before we really delve into what you think of the Jets and we kind of dissect the theory itself, but it revolved around the Portland Trailblazers, who is the team that's in your home area, and the New York Jets, and their places respectively in the NBA and the NFL.
0: Yeah, basically it's, I think fans do a... I think they do a poor job of comparing their team to the competition at times. Like, for instance, there are a lot of Blazer fans here in Portland that are just comparing the the team now to the team last season. And it's like, that's not where it begins and ends. It's all about how they stack up among the competition after all the adjustments they've made. And there are a lot of Blazer fans that just say, hey, look, they got rid of Mo and Chief, and now they brought in these shooters. They're significantly better, which is ridiculous, but it doesn't end there. Now it's about, well, hey, look at the Clippers. Look at what they bring to the table now. Look at the Lakers. They're vastly improved. Look at some other teams that are going to be tough outs, the Nuggets, the Jazz, on and on, right? So my comparison was with the Jets. If you look at the Jets, they've made significant improvements. As you well know, there's a lot of things that they've done. They've stabilized that interior line. I love the moves of late with Ryan Khalil coming out of retirement. You make a move for Alex Lewis. You got Kelechi Osemele. I love their interior offensive line. Should be a lot better. Then you look at the draft pick in Quinnen Williams. He could be a phenomenal player from the get-go. You bring in C.J. Mosley. They've done a lot of nice things. So it's like, if you just look at the Jets this year compared to last year, yeah, they've made significant progress, but it doesn't end there. It's about how do they stack up among the other teams in the AFC? How do they look against the Patriots? What are their chances to win the division? What are their chances to do any significant damage in the playoffs? In the playoffs, when you look at the Chiefs, the Chargers, so forth and so on, right? So the whole concept is don't just look at your team this year compared to last year, and that's the only thing you consider (laughs) because it's all about the competition, not just about the adjustments you've made.
2: Hey, guys, as we get older, there are things that unfortunately we're just not going to be able to control. One of them, sad to say, is hair loss. In fact, two out of three men will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the age of 35. It can be a little depressing until you remember that keeps exists. What's Keeps? Simple. They're a company that offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. You don't have to make an appointment or go to the doctor, not with Keeps. You visit a doctor online and have your medication delivered right to you. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping future hair loss. In fact, lots of guys even experience hair regrowth with the treatment. Log on to Keeps.com and click to get started. Choose the plan that fits you or let Keeps doctors decide. Sound good? I got a special offer for you. Go to com slash overtime and receive your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash overtime. And take advantage of this incredible offer today.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: Do you think that in the case of the Blazers and the Jets, it's a situation where... The fans overrate the talent on their respective team because they don't necessarily understand the quality of the players on the other teams. And I'm not even talking about, in the case of the Jets, guys like Tom Brady and players like that, or obviously LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard in the case of the Blazers. I'm talking about all the way down the line because I think sometimes you'll look at somebody who's a solid player, whether that is in the case of the Jets, say, Avery Williamson or Quincy Inunua. And people will say, oh, they've got really good talent. They've got Avery Williamson and Quincy Inunua. And like you said, yeah, those guys are good. But how do they stack up against the rest of the AFC, against the rest of the AFC East? And the same thing Mm -hmm. would be with the Blazers. You take a look at some of the guys that they have on their team. Now, obviously, we know about Damian Lillard and we know about C.J. McCollum. But maybe some of the role Mm -hmm. players or maybe Anthony Simons, who everybody is expecting big things from this season. Maybe you look at them, compare them to the other rosters in the West, and you say, uh, I mean, it stacks up okay, but it's not really as good as the rest of the top-tier teams. Yeah, I think it's just,
0: I think it's a fan characteristic where you could probably relate to this with the Jets, but here with the Blazers, a lot of the giddy Blazer fans that are like, oh, they've made such strides and this team's significantly better, they're imagining every piece at its peak form, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like right. they're imagining Hassan Whiteside comes in here and he's on a contract year and he's just gonna kill it. He's not gonna be a distraction whatsoever. He's gonna be a great team guy and blah, blah. And they just do that with every player. They all oh, Kent Bazemore comes in, he's gonna be lighting it, lighting it up from three, and they're not gonna be able to double and blitz Dame and like maybe he doesn't light it up from three. Maybe Hassan Whiteside isn't. The greatest locker room guy ever. Maybe he struggles a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just envisioning the best case scenario possible. And I think a lot of fans do that. If you look at the Jets, I'm sure there are some Jet fans that think, Hey, we got Le'Veon Bell. He's gonna be a big asset in the passing game, takes pressure off of Sam Darnold. We got Robbie Anderson, he's a deep threat. Maybe if he's More of an intermediate guy also. Maybe if he's a short passing guy, if Quincy Inunua stays healthy, and they're just imagining best-case scenario, player after player after player. And it just doesn't work like that. So I think that's the trap that a lot of fans fall into.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Accentuating the positive and downplaying the negative because, as I talked about with, say, somebody like Quincy Inunua, we all know what he can do when he's healthy, but he's almost never healthy. And then there are other players yeah. like Marcus May, same thing. He's been good when healthy, but almost never healthy. So you look at the secondary and you say, oh, this is a good secondary because you've got Marcus May and Jamal Adams. Well, you may not have Marcus May. And you look at the wide receivers and you say, oh, "That's a good receiving core. You got Jamison Crowder, you got Robbie Anderson, and you got Quincy Well, Okay, but Quincy was hurt all the time. Jamison Crowder was hurt last year. So like you said, it seems like a lot of times this stems from – people that root for teams having the idealized version of the roster, but also I think yeah. overrating their own talent in regard to the rest of their division and the rest of the conference.
0: Totally. That's absolutely what it is. It's, I mean, it's really it's just being a Homer. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> what it is. It's, it's you're just got the pom-poms. You got the we're number one foam finger and you're just envisioning the best case scenario. Like, if you look at the, The Jets' first three games, like, it would be a disservice to yourself if you're just looking at the Jets now compared to the Jets last season. And, they, again, they've made significant strides Mm -hmm. talent-wise. But you look at their first three games, after the Bills' home opener, which is, yeah, I think the Jets have a great chance to win that game. Well, then all of a sudden you host the Browns on Monday Night Football, and then you're at the Patriots. So it's not just about your talent. It's not just about your upgrades. Look at the upgrades that the Browns have made. They've brought in significant talent. You could talk to me until you're blue in the face about Robbie Anderson and Quincy and Noonlaw, but the Browns have a couple of dudes named Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just begin and end with your own team. And I think a lot of fans get tunnel vision and they just look (laughs) at the roster this year compared to the roster last year instead of, also looking at the competition's rosters, and that's what it's all about.
2: To be fair, though, Brian, I think you will stipulate this. The Blazers went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and the Jets have been one of the worst teams in the NFL the last three years. So if they could be anywhere near as good in the NFL as the Blazers were in the NBA last year, every Jets fan would be pretty happy with that, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Like That's not where my comparison is because the Blazers have been successful. They've made the playoffs a number of years in a row. They've been a three seed the last couple of years, made it to the Western Conference Finals. So, sadly, you know, that's not the comparison with the Jets. They haven't had that type of success lately, over the last decade. So, it's really just about the adjustments that each team has made from last season to this season, and that it doesn't end there. It's about where do they stack up among the competition? I don't care that you've made great strides. You could take some bottom feeder team. The Browns are a good example. Think about the Browns two years ago. They were 0-16 and they made significant progress. They really upgraded the roster and they ended up seven, eight, and one. They're pointed in the right direction, but they still finished under five hundred. They still had a losing record, you know? So it's not like they went from 0 16 to to the playoffs and competing for a Super Bowl. It's still about where does your talent stack up? It's not just about your improvements. It's about where do you stack up among the competition after you've made those improvements. And there are a lot of teams that leave out that second part.
1: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: I want to get to your thoughts on where the Jets actually stack up now, but first I want to talk about those actual improvements, or perhaps maybe their improvements, maybe they're not in some cases, like for instance, the addition of Adam Gase as the new head coach. From the outside, somebody that's not in this New York Jets bubble, what are your thoughts on the hiring of Adam Gase?
0: Well, I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. So I know Adam <laughs> Gase very well. And I mean, I, here's the thing, like, make sure you understand what I'm saying here is if you're a Jets fan, you're hoping that this is a John Gruden like situation from this standpoint Gruden, when he was with Tampa, he readily admitted, he was like, you know, I didn't manage players very well. I made a number of mistakes and the hope for Raider fans is that he learned from those mistakes. It's the same concept with Adam Gase. He did some things well with the Dolphins, but he did a lot of things wrongly. And there were a lot of players, Jay Ajayi and company, where they just got in the doghouse. And Adam Gase, even if those players could be you know, assets for the Dolphins, he's just like, nope, I'm out on him. I'm done. I'm done with him. And he just, he wouldn't budge. And I think that hurt the Dolphins many times where you just had the Adam Gase doghouse. And you really have to wonder with McCagan and what all went down, if that's the same thing that still applies to Adam Gase and the Jets is you don't want it to be a thing with the coaching staff. You don't want it to be a thing with the roster or coaches or players that could help your organization. For whatever reason, he's just, he's missed Adam. They're in the doghouse for whatever reason. He's just like, nope, done, done, and writes them off. But outside of that, he's a brilliant offensive mind. And if he meshes with Sam Darnold, you could have a a great formula for the next decade.
2: My friend Travis Wingfield hosts Locked on Dolphins, and he's been on the podcast a couple of times talking about Adam Gase and kind of breaking down his tenure there in Miami. So it sounds like you're agreeing with him when he said that the big problems with Adam Gase were his ability to manage and the fact that sometimes he would be too stubborn for his own good as opposed to his ability to coach a game. As a play caller, he didn't have that many issues with him. It was the way he managed the roster, the way he managed staff, and the fact that sometimes he would get inside his own head. In other words, there would be times where he would be trying stuff that was working, and then he would get away from it as if to almost try to prove that he didn't need to do it, rather than just keeping on going to the well while it's working. Or... Going with certain players over other players, despite the fact that there were players that were better performing and weren't getting enough touches or enough looks. So, you think that that's the case with Gase, that it was more on the management side than on the play calling and the football side?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because you go back to his area of expertise, you go back to Denver and when he was. Colin plays when Peyton Manning was there. Peyton Manning is a student of the game. Peyton Manning knows so much about football and he would just grill Adam Gase and Adam Gase always had an answer for him. He always knew what was what he knew formations. He knew concepts. He knew play calling. He knew where the football should be thrown. He knew all of those things where Peyton Manning as smart as he was. He was going to Adam Gase and getting information from him. So he knows the game he knows strategy he knows all of that but what he doesn't know to uh, a similar fashion is just managing players like being a coach because his area of expertise has been more so of the x's and o's and so he's learning it takes time like we always talk about this with rookie players we'll say give it some time he's got to learn he's got to get up to speed he's got to adjust to the." The, the speed of the game, those sorts of things, it works the same way with coaches. They don't come in as this polished, finished version right away. And even though he's been a head coach for a couple of years, he's still learning as he goes. And so as a Jets fan, you're hoping that he has learned and made a lot of strides from the management side. Because if he could get the management side up to par with the X's and O's knowledge that he has, he could be nasty in this league for sure.
2: Brian, you talked about the importance of the connection between Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, and if they can get on the same page, which is what we're all hoping for here, it could be a special thing for Jets fans because the Jets haven't had that quarterback-coach connection the way that we've seen with Brady and Belichick and some of the others across the league. They certainly haven't had a quarterback in my lifetime like Sam Darnold, who's going to drive ticket sales in a way that we haven't seen before. And so they might be a little more expensive, even on the secondary market, than most people are used to. So if you're planning on buying tickets for a game, make sure you save a few bucks by using the promo code OVERTIME when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. You can save up to 100 bucks on all ticket purchases, but only if you're a first-time customer. So you're going to want to get in on that if you want to see Sam Darnold for a reasonable price this season. But Brian... You live out there in Pac-12 country. I know it's Oregon, but still, you're right in the heart of things. USC is out there. What are your thoughts on Sam Darnold as somebody who is coming at it from an outside perspective? Again, not from inside the Jets bubble.
0: Yeah, well, I like Sam Darnold overall. I think that I like his athletic ability. I like that he can move around a little bit, extend plays. I think, I think it's a great comparison with Adam Gase, how Adam Gase needs to really get up to speed from a management standpoint. Sam Darnold needs to get up to speed just with decision making, you know, consistency, that sort of deal. So hopefully, if you're a Jets fan, he makes significant strides this coming season, but you got a lot to work with. I think the future is bright for Sam Darnold. And I also think that. If you critically look at what he has to work with, I don't want to completely dog out like Robbie Anderson and these guys, but if you compare it to, to Baker Mayfield, where Baker's number one overall, Sam Darnold's number three overall, it is night and freaking day what each quarterback has to work with in terms of their supporting cast. If you're like, you just put them side by side and you say, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, you know, you throw in Antonio Calloway, who's a first round talent who slipped to the fourth round because of character issues. You have David Njoku. You've got Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt after the eight game suspension. That's an embarrassment of riches right there. So I think that you, you gotta be objective about the production of Sam Darnold and not to the point where you're just making excuses galore for where his production is but I think you've got to be objective about what the realistic ceiling is based on what he has to work with. So you know as well as I do, there are going to be a lot of comparisons production-wise between Baker and Sam Darnold. And it's not as if they're working with similar supporting casts, and you have to account for that.
2: How important do you think the additions of Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder are going to be in Darnold's development and his ability to compete with Baker Mayfield? I agree with you, obviously. The supporting casts are nowhere near the same stratosphere, but you could still see where both guys could potentially lead their teams in the right direction this year. Perhaps both guys could lead their teams to playoff berths, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But where do you see Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder here? Do you think that they can really help elevate Sam Darnold?
0: Yeah, I do. I think Le'Veon in particular, he's a great security blanket. You're able to check it down. He's great in the, the passing game. You know, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. You have three seasons with 85 catches or 75 plus catches. Like, we all know what he brings to the table as a receiver. And then you got to be excited with the Jets upgrading that interior offensive line, now if you've got a legitimate running game, you take some pressure off of your young quarterback and you're able to spread the ball around more, keeping a defense off balance. So you're able to use Le'Veon in the passing game. You're able to use play-action passing if the running game is cranked up. There's just a lot of benefits with Le'Veon Bell coming in there from the passing game perspective and also the running game that can also further help benefit the passing game. So I think those things could be huge for the development of Sam Darnold. And again, when you have Adam Gase, who X's and O's wise, wise, he's great. If you're able to give him a lot to work with offensively, he's going to find ways to keep defenses off balance and to maximize what they're able to do offensively so if that offensive line gels and you can run it and you can also use Le'Veon not only in the running game but the passing game yeah I expect big strides for Sam Darnold.
3: Hey guys Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast as we know the MLB season is back in our lives it's going to be a 60 game sprint
2: What do you think about the big additions on the defensive side of the ball, namely Quinn and Williams and C.J. Mosley? I know that you said you expect them to help, but how much do you think they're going to help?
0: Well, I think a lot. I think stabilizing the middle of your defense is big, and if you just look at the middle of the Jets' defense, when you go level by level, you say Quinn and Williams, C.J. Mosley, and Avery Williamson, and then you look at the safeties with Jamal Adams and Marcus May. If that's what you have most season, barring injuries, that's pretty strong. You got to be strong up the middle in the defense. I don't love the pass rush. And that's what keeps on getting brought up time and time again with good reason. You got to rush the passer in this league. So they've made adjustments. They've made strides. Certainly not a finished product. And it's not easy when you're facing number 12 twice a year over there in New England. So it's rough, but. It's gonna be a gradual build. And I think the Jets have made big strides. I think they're gonna be way better than a four and twelve team like they were last season. So it's gonna take a it's gonna take time. I don't think you're gonna go from four and twelve to twelve and four, you know, one season to the next. But I can see this team being around five hundred, maybe competing for nine and seven, a winning record. I think they have the talent to make a go at that.
2: I want to get back to that in a second, but first I want to talk about another key piece on the defense, and that's Jamal Adams. I know you've been pretty hard on Baker Mayfield. In fact, recently you did a top five stupid things that Baker Mayfield has said countdown on your show, which made me laugh a little bit. What are your thoughts on Jamal Adams? He doesn't quite do these things out in public the way that Mayfield does, but he's quite outspoken and he has a tendency to be on social media and even out at practice and say some rambunctious things. What do you think about Adams? Do you think that a guy like him could be a leader on this defense and help elevate it to that next level along with the new additions like C.J. Mosley and Quentin Williams?
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I love Jamal Adams on the field, and yeah, he might say some crazy stuff off of it, but look at Jalen Ramsey with the Jacks. You know, he's not a choir boy. He's calling out mm-hmm. quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And Landon Collins, you know, used to be in the, In the same city, he was no stranger to saying some controversial things. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what matters most is what you bring to the table on the field, especially for defensive players. They're not going to be put under the microscope from a national level the same way quarterbacks are. And Baker Mayfield, some of the dumb things that he's had to say, that's going to get talked about in much more attention than something that Jamal Adams has to say. So I think it's two different worlds. And as long as Jamal Adams backs up whatever he's saying on the field, that's what matters most. I I really don't think, unless he says some crazy outlandish things, that's going to be bulletin board material for some opponent. Outside of stuff like that, it's really not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. It's just about what he does on the field. and We don't doubt his talent on the field. The only doubt is, Hey, is this guy going to mature? Is he going to be like a stabilizing force? Is he going to act just like some kid popping off at the mouth? So you got questions about that, but that's secondary in my book. In my view, that's secondary compared to what does this guy bring to the table on Sundays? And he brings a lot as far as that's concerned.
2: Brian, we started off talking about where the Jets stack up in relation to the rest of the conference and in relation to the rest of the division. You just said that you think that they're going to go 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, nine and seven, potentially if everything goes right. Where do you think they stack up with the rest of the conference? I assume you don't think that they have a chance to overtake the Patriots for the division this year. But do you think that they're in the top 10 of the AFC as far as where they stack up talent-wise and where they could go this year?
0: Yeah, I would put them in the top 10. I mean, you're only talking about 16 teams. So when you start going through it, and looking at who is below them, I mean, my Dolphins are absolutely below them. I hate to say that, but it's true. <laughs> you know, the Bills could be below them. Cincy looks to be below them. Someone in the AFC South is gonna be below them. Maybe two teams are gonna be below them. The Raiders, who knows, with Antonio Brown and his his frostbitten feet and that could be a disaster over there, at least for this season with the Raiders. So yeah, I think they're certainly a top 10 team in the AFC, but that doesn't even guarantee you eight and eight if that's the case. So yeah, I think that, you know, if you're a seven and nine, eight and eight team talent wise, you project to give it a go to finish there. Yeah. I think they're a team on the rise. And I think most importantly, besides 2019, it's the future is bright with Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold makes significant strides this year. And it looks like you could have this Adam Gase-Sam Darnold combination for the next decade. Tom Brady is 42 years old. And there's one thing that we can bond on, you being a Jets guy, me being a Dolphins fan. Mm -hmm. It's It will be glorious when Tom Brady is out of the AFC East. (laughs) (laughs) Because that day is not too far away. And you could, in Jets land, you could have the best quarterback in that division for the next decade. That isn't outlandish to say whatsoever, and if you have that in your favor, then you've got to leg up on the rest of the division before every single season starts. That's big, and so you've got to find that out in 2019 if Sam Darnold projects to be that guy going forward.
2: Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
0: With your host,
2: Scott Mason. Two things that I've been saying, and one of them Adam Gase said himself, is that I expect that if everything goes well, the goal should be for the Jets to be in the playoff hunt in December. Now, I'm not saying they necessarily make the playoffs, but at least they're in the discussion in December. My other thing that I've said is that this year should be the year that they compete for a playoff spot and next year should be, if everything goes well, the year that they make a real run, kind of along the lines of what the Rams did in the NFC. Do you think those are realistic goals?
0: I think the Rams thing is, um, how could I say this? What's the word for it? Um, uh, it's a little aggressive, right? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, a, it's a little aggressive. Well, like, two years to end up in the Super Bowl, is that's pretty quick in my book. I agree with you at the beginning of it, where you're in playoff contention in December, right? Like, you haven't been eliminated. Mm-hmm. You can challenge for a wild card berth. Maybe it doesn't work out, but you're still in contention. I could see that as far as making the leap in 2020 to a Super Bowl berth. That's a little aggressive to me, because, again, you got to look at the competition around where, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is as good as it gets, and they're just going to keep upgrading that defense. To have Sam Darnold in the Patrick Mahomes ballpark, that might be a little aggressive in two years, you know? And then you just keep looking around. Like, it's hard, actually, with the aging quarterbacks in the AFC to see exactly where everybody's going to be with Brady and Rivers. But two years, I could see Brady, Rivers, Big Ben still playing at a high level. And then you look at guys like Andrew Luck and the talent around that roster with Chris Ballard doing a tremendous job. I think that's a little aggressive, Super Bowl berth in two years. But the beginning of it competing for a playoff spot in December this year, I think that's completely reasonable.
2: I should clarify, I wasn't saying that meaning that I thought the result would be the same as the Rams. In other words, getting to the Super Bowl in year three. I meant more that they have the ability to make a deep playoff run in year three than get to the Super Bowl necessarily. So I should have clarified that, but that's really more what I meant.
0: I hear you. I hear you. I guess it really just depends on how deep of a playoff run you're potentially foreseeing, right? Are we talking... AFC championship game? Or are we talking divisional round of the playoffs? You just talking one wild card win. What are you thinking in two years?
2: Maybe getting to the second round or even flirting with a shot at the AFC championship game, something mm-hmm. along the lines of what they did in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the NFL.
0: You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens. There's a lot of you know, like the the Dolphins in 2008, it did take a Tom Brady injury in week one, but that was a one in 15 team that went, it, they were 11 and five the next year. Nobody saw that coming. So there are crazy things that happen. Look at the bears turn around. The bears turn things around real quickly with Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky. And you make a move, you make a blockbuster trade. Who knows? Maybe the jets, they get someone comparable to Khalil Mack via trade. You know, you never know in the next two years what crazy thing could happen. So I would never, ever say, oh, AFC championship game for the Jets in two years. No way. Lunacy. Like, no, that's, I wouldn't say that's outside the realm of possibility at all.
2: You're welcome for Chad Pennington in 2008, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's about, man, it's been a long haul for Dolphin fans in their quarterback position, too, man. After Marino, it has been slim picking.
2: Well, we'll see what happens with Josh Rosen. It'll certainly be interesting. By the way, how did you end up a Dolphins fan? Aren't you from Indiana?
0: Yeah, man, I'm from South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame country. That's where I was born and raised. I don't know. makes no geographical sense whatsoever. I don't know what my deal was growing up. I grew up when I'm 41 years old, so I grew up when, you know, the Super Bowl shuffle bears were doing their thing. That was grade school. Everybody loved the bears. I don't know why I hated them. I just hated the bears because everybody (laughs) loved them. And for whatever reason, I just gravitated toward the Dolphins. I loved him. A.J. Dewey was my favorite guy. I know it's a painful memory for Jet fans, but Mm. had the three interceptions in the playoffs against the Jets, and I just loved him. I loved him. I loved the Dolphins, and since then I was hooked on them. And even a little bit before it, who knows, man, it's little kid stuff. I might have liked the jerseys or the logo, the helmets, coupled with A.J. Dewey, and it's just always been my squad.
2: Definitely a strange choice for somebody from South Bend, Indiana, but we see stuff like that all the time now because of fantasy leagues. You see people get attached to certain players and then they become fans of that team. In fact, my friend Sean Reedy is from Chicago and he became a Jets fan because he had Vinny Testaverde in his fantasy draft 30 years ago. So those kinds of things happen a lot more now these days because of fantasy football. And if you're looking to play fantasy football this year, you want to make sure you do it with the people over at the Draft. App and draft.com because it's very simple. Easy snake draft. You don't have to worry about salary caps or auctions or anything complex like that. Plus, no roster management, so you don't have to spend time doing that. You draft your players, and they take care of the rest for you throughout the year. And make sure that your best players are in every single week. And the best part... $3.5 million grand prize in the Best Ball Championship, and you can get a free crack at that $3.5 million if you sign up and make your first deposit using the promo code PLAYLIKE. That's play, like P L A Y L I K E. So you sign up over at the draft app and draft.com, enter the promo code PLAYLIKE, and you will get yourself a free crack at that $3.5 million Best Ball Championship, and you'll have a lot of fun playing with me because I'm going to be in the league. And speaking of fun, Brian, I gotta pick on you a little bit here just to have a little bit of fun. Your taste in food, what is your fascination with Applebees? Because <laughs> anybody that listens to Brian's show knows that for some reason he absolutely loves Applebee's and it's become a running gag. What's the story with that?
0: I it's the people in Portland, they're out of their minds food wise, right? <laughs> like for the people that don't know, here's Portland in a nutshell. Anything standard That's what they think. So any type of chain restaurant, anything that's pretty simplistic or basic, it's like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Why would you eat that? And so I think Applebee's is good. I don't love everything on the menu, but for what it is, I I love Applebee's. And like, it's turned into this running thing because it's it's really just me just kind of jabbing Portland and their obnoxious taste in food because they are so elitist. They're just food snobs. They're just looking down at the, the community that likes basic things. And so it's it's sort of my way to jab them. I'm just poking them in the ribs. And uh, it's just funny to me because they fall for it every time, man. They just take the bait. Because I really like Applebee's. There are a couple of things on the, on the menu that I love. But it, I make it sound like I could go there and just, eat every single meal every single day and be perfectly happy it doesn't go quite to that level but it's me just having some fun at their expense because man they get real hoity-toity if you just like
2: basic things so you're like a reverse hipster basically then (laughs)
0: kind of yeah like i'm the anti-hipster i'm the i'm the anti-portland person in terms of food right like I don't dislike everything that they like, but it's just, it's so overdone, man. It's like, there's nothing wrong with eating some fish and chips, right? There's nothing (laughs) wrong with going to a chain restaurant and getting a meal that's pretty basic. Because they just make it sound like, oh, you can't have that. You've got to fry it in this. You've got to put that sauce on top of it. Now it's eclectic and cool. And it's like, you don't have to get that fancy, man. Basic. There's nothing wrong with basic. You shouldn't frown on it completely.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not picky about much except for my pizza because I'm a New Yorker, so that's just kind of the way it's going to be. And you lived here in New York for a little bit, so you know the deal. You've told people in Portland, right, that there's nothing like New York pizza?
0: I love New York pizza. New York pizza is fantastic. I also love Chicago pizza. I would go New York above Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's pretty close. They They both do pizza right. So, yeah, I've had many, 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 many experiences with New York pizza for sure.
2: How is it that you work with people that have never heard of Rob Zombie, Brian? <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, it's weird. It's, I don't know what to tell them. It's so funny. Like, we just We're just disgusted by each other at many different instances. You know, they're disgusted by my taste and love for basic food. I'm disgusted by their lack of musical knowledge from time to time. It's just a running theme of the show. It's like, how could you like that? How could you not know about this? That's just what we do. We love each other, but we're disgusted with each other all the time.
2: And that's what makes the show so entertaining. And like I said, the thing that I enjoy about it is the fact that somebody who is not in Portland, like myself, can listen to it and really enjoy it Even though it's not necessarily geared towards me as a non-Portlander, I can still enjoy it because you find a way to mix in the Portland stuff with national stuff and do it in a fresh way Where not everybody else is doing it. Because you know the way these national shows are too. They'll latch on to one or two topics and then it's the next three or four hours. It's the same thing. But you really mix it up. So I enjoy your show and I think that everybody should be listening to it. It's on from 12 to 3 Pacific, 3 to 6 Eastern on NBC Sports Northwest. Or you can stream it online, Rip City Radio, 620 AM. There's an app, I'm sure, and you can talk about that in a second too, Brian. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I'm glad that you were able to experience. Explain your Trailblazers Jets theory and kind of break down from an outsider's perspective what you think of what the Jets have done and where they stand right now in the NFC, in the NFC East, and in the NFL in general. For those that are unfamiliar with you, I know I just threw out some of the places where they can find you. Why don't you go ahead and let them know what they can expect if they listen to your show and also how they can get a hold of you on social media.
0: Yeah, well, you can always reach me on social media at The No Show. It's spelled N-O-E, at The No Show. And if you listen, I just try to do three things. I just try to get you to think, laugh, and learn. So I want to do things that are thought-provoking, and I also want to make it entertaining, where I'm not just feeding you stats and it's serious and we have no room for fun over here. Like, you got to be able to laugh. So I just want you to be entertained, but I want to make you smarter along the way. And if I can work in a stat here or there or something like that, that's always cool. So that's what I try to get to do is... Uh, get people to think laugh and learn but i really appreciate you having me on scotty it was fun i appreciate the compliments man that means a lot and i work hard and i just want people to have a good experience when they listen
2: think laugh and learn i think that is a great way to approach things i try to do the same thing here on play like a jet so make sure that you follow brian at the no show and in case you don't know the spelling it's n-o-e is how you spell the name no so at the No show on Twitter, you can go ahead and listen to him, Rip City Radio 6:20 am or whatever the app is. I'm sure you can do a search for it, and that is from three to six Eastern 12 to three Pacific, also on NBC Sports Northwest. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets digital and turnonthejets.com.